Back. It's that time again. It's time for another, yet another range anxiety. We're into the 50s, 54, I reckon this one could be. And this epicast is known as the Great Seal or the Seal. I haven't decided what I'm going to call it yet, but it's about seals, not so much the ones that balance balls on the end of their nose at SeaWorld. I'll explain what it is for you a little bit later. We're winding down towards the end of the Christmas break now, I was supposed to have yet another week off, you know, for the first time in three years, but no, 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 I'm going to get back to work on the 4th and just start organising the fantastically busy year that lays ahead. We've got a lot on the cards, so I work with a bunch of horsepower megalomaniacs that just do not take no for an answer and uh, the words wait and die, are, you know, only ever uttered in the same breath. So yeah, lucky to be me in 2021. Feedback's been good over the Christmas break. It's only been the real serious stuff, you know. People have been that busy doing their Christmassy things. I haven't got any random Martin, you suck or anything, which is a bit, bit of a shame because I, I kind of normally like a bit of that. <laughs> Too true. But remember, if you have got anything, anything at all to say, send it through to DTECH, D-T-E-C-H, at S-E-N-E-T, S-E-N-E-T dot com dot A-U, and I will answer you back, even if it's a one-liner, I will get around to doing it, and I will take your suggestions on board. Now, GDR Oil, the, the last Epicast, was quite surprising for me, because um, I had a few people actually really, really enjoyed me sitting there talking about the boring subject of oil. So it's not all about how funny I can be. I suppose it's epicast. Some people want to actually know things about things. And that's certainly something that I have garnered a lot over this, you know, last 30 years is learning things about things. They may not always be right, but there is normally always a pretty good and entertaining story to put behind them. Now, one thing that, that people were talking to me a lot about, not just recently in the last week or so, but over the last months, and, and I did mention it in uh, the GDR Oil Epicast, or I think maybe the one before that, um, we were talking about that new little Toyota Yaris. Now, I was, because I'm, I'm tied up in my own world of doing my own things, and yes, I have actually finished my polarizer over the break, so look out, everybody. I'm going to be the nut job that you definitely want to keep away from. You see me coming, social distance. Both of us will be better off. Um, anyway, you know, some of my uh, mates like Sam in, in uh, how are you, Sam, if you're listening? You say you don't, but I bet you do. In um, Melbourne and another mate of mine that I've known over the years, Duncan in Sydney, is saying, what do you reckon of these things? I'm going to get one of these little Yaris you know, GRs, they sound pretty cool, they look pretty cool, and I've had a cursory glance, and I'm going, nah, shit, nah, shit, weak, that, keep away from it, I'm going to get, you know, I'm going to get my fingers on one, I'm going to pull it apart, and I'm going to show you the thing's junk. Um, I've had a bit of a closer look, I've had the opportunity over the break, and yeah, I, I reckon taking the car as it is, as it sits from the factory, it looks to be at this very, very, very premature point in time, it looks to be quite a neat thing. I mean, it looks good for a start, um, and that's 
you know, as my dad once told me, you spend 80% of the time you own a car looking at it, Martin. And, you yeah, know, it looks pretty cool. It's got that tough kind of little bulldog sort of rally car stance to it. I mean, it is obviously a cheap and heavily compromised road car. But it's got the look, and that's an important thing to start with. And on paper, you know, it seems to have all the dice too. Like, it's, you know, it's for... And before we get on to the on-paper specs, Toyota did this thing, uh, from what I can see, uh, having a bit of a read-around, that the first, you know, XYZ number of orders got the thing for 39.9 or whatever it is, uh, thousand on plus on-road, then the next lot go up a certain price, and the thing ends up at about 50 grand, which it probably isn't very good value for at all. But high 30s, you know, plus on-road, so let's say, say 43 or 44 drive away, it makes... A pretty compelling kind of argument. I mean, it, it's not a lot dearer. I mean, it is dearer, but it's not a lot dearer than something like an i30N, uh, Hyundai, which it'll absolutely obliterate from what I've seen so far. So let's have a look at it. Technically, um, not a lot of things there really stand out to me. What caught my eye initially and what all my hardcore racing mates will be sitting there as they're listening to this, nodding their heads about, is it's bloody light. You know, um, 1280 or 1280, I think it is 1280 kilograms used to be heavy, used to be a big number, but it's not that big a number anymore. You know, it's it's to me, for, for something that's the size of a VB Commodore, if not well, wider and probably longer, and no doubt well, it may not be taller because they have cut the RSGR roof down a bit, it is a light car and for something that's obviously going to be fairly strong and stiff to, to, to perform its intended function. So that's the first thing that stood out to me. The engine, to me, doesn't look, anything special yeah i mean it's, it's neat don't get me wrong it's you know 200 kilowatts with, with a nice lump of torque 1.6 yeah it does all the right homologation things that toyota needs but what's going to make or break oh, Ian, another thing that i just saw looking at it is it looks to have proper brakes on it which is like you know for the money that's not bad i mean because every manufacturer will try and not put proper brakes on a car and paint them up to look like proper brakes you know by that i mean multiple um, piston caliper, so it looks to have proper brakes, it looks to be light, the, the, the engine looks to be nothing special, but okay, um, and it looks to have a good gearbox in it, and and, and the four-wheel drive system, yeah, uh, by the way, it only comes as manual, which I think is a good thing, you know, being a Tesla boy, it's it's like either manual or no gears, which one is it? Um, I've had, and look, dual clutches are fine things, but I've just had some pretty shitful experience was, uh, with them over the years. You mainly thank R35 GDRs for that, and anybody that works on those cars will be, again, sitting back quietly, listening, nodding their head, going, that poor bastard. But on paper, this thing looks to have the go, you know, you know, 50 grand or, you know, or the early ones, low 40s on the road, yeah, great, you know, go for it. Then I had a look at, uh, you know, like, like, like with every new thing that comes out, every new next best thing, there are all these dynos performed. And the only one that I could even wrap my head around, because I use the same brand of dyno, was uh, the dyno performed by a company called Tuner's Edge in Melbourne. They had it on a mainline, the same fantastic mainline chassis dyno, all-wheel drive that I use and own. And, yeah, it's rated at 200 kilowatt, and it pumped out 155 kilowatts at the wheels. To me, that's great, you know, and I'm thinking that's about right, right in the sweet spot of where it should be for 1280 kilograms. That'll make this thing not fast, but it will make it all right and a pretty good starting point. 
There are other videos that I saw from the UK where they're trying to convert it back to engine horsepower and, and one from Italy that said it made over 200 kilowatts at the wheels and it's just like, just stop it. It's not going to make people come and buy your shit. It's going to make people think you're like a flat earther. You, you know, stop it. So the Tuner's Edge, good old Aussie company, good old Aussie dyno, good old Aussie figure. That's what we're going to work with. 155 kilowatts at the wheels. So let's have a look what happens when you put your foot down. Um, Tuner's Edge also took their car, I believe, to Heathcote Raceway. And I reckon... With a, oh, I forget what they run, but it seems to be that the number is around a low 13, um, mid 13, low 13. I think someone's run a high 12. It may have even been those guys. Sorry if I've got it wrong, Tuna's Edge. But, you know, so we're, we're looking at a car that does about a 5.3 to 100 and a low 13 quarter mile. And But the results are very, very dependent on the quality of your launch and how you set the car up the launch. So... There is a bit of, you know, you don't just rock up to the lights and go, bam, and do that every time. Um, there is a bit of dicking around to get that sort of number out of them. But it, it seems to be once you learn how to dial the car in, you can do it, you know, fairly repeatedly. I don't, I don't think there's any of, you know, just bounce it off the limiter, um, launch it. These things probably shut the throttle, which which is no good as part of a rev limiting function if you want to launch off the rev limiter. So yeah, look, it, it looks to be like a, a, a low 13, 0 to 100, low 5 thing. So, you know, it's as fast as the last of the SS Commodores. Put the, you know, and, and no doubt, and I love my Commodores, so don't take this as offence, anybody, but no doubt with its weight, its balance, and its four-wheel drive system, it, it'll be about twice as quick around, and its brakes, it'll be about twice as quick around any corner. But anyway, that's not what we buy commies. So, why we buy commies? Um... So the package looks to be fairly sound, and I'm sort of, you know, bite my tongue there because I was a bit like, nah, this is shit, you know, whatever. It's just going to be another, you know. I got fairly jaded by the 86 um, because I was one of the early adopters and made some bits and pieces and, and club level raced one. But, you know, you could get out and run faster. And then as soon as you put any boost into the things, if that's what you're going to do, the rods just exit everywhere through the block. And, you know, they are just a spindly device. This... And, you know, it's boxer. You know, what do you expect? Um, but this thing seems to be like it's got a, a fair bit more performance intent and thought gone into it, which is why I think it, it's going to be, you know, I think the original allotment for Australia is sold out into well into next year, if, if not the year after. And, you know, people are, uh, uh, well, company I know in Sydney, Australia here, GCG Turbochargers is already going mental making turbos for them and you know, things have been out a month or something and everyone's right into it. But therein lays the problem. No, not the problem with you, GCG. I use your product and I know you do a very good job. It's not the companies like you guys we're going to worry about. It's the companies that have no experience doing this shit that we've got to uh, worry about. So let me bring you to the crux of today's story. So far, Yaris GR gets a pretty solid pass mark in my eyes. Time will be the judge, though, because what uh, no one has done yet is break the seal. Now, I was sitting having some Christmas drinks the other day, and for my American listeners, I've got to explain this to you because it's very Australian, what I'm about to say. But when the boys are all sitting around talking shit about cars and we're all having a few beers, normally 
it takes four or five before the first one has to get up and go to the john. But once you break the seal, you're going back there every beer or two. You see what I mean? Washroom John WC, or as we call it, the dunny. Um, and this is exactly what happens with motor cars. Every single new performance car, and I don't care what it is, seems to have a honeymoon period. And the honeymoon period is this. People can lean on them, on, on the engines, and drive lines. They can make good power out of them. Uh, they can make these things perform pretty well on a stock motor. And the reason for this, there's two reasons. One is that the cars are brand new. And if you look at any like professional Targa team that builds like a Targa um, Tarmac Rally car, they always generally start with a pretty new one and life it. So after a couple of seasons, they throw it in a bin and it'll sell it on and, and get another one and do the same thing, right? Having new componentry really is one of the keys to success. The next um, contributor, actually there's more than two, the next contributor is that the cars have warranty. So people are a little bit scared to go too crazy with them while they're still in a, you know, in a warranty period. And this applied to, you know, most every car I can think of, and I will give you some good examples in a moment. So warranty. But last, uh, well, and, and also the first owner is the one paying the big money for the car. So they're a little, generally, a little bit more sensible with them. I've seen this over the years, particularly the GDR Brigade. You know, all the uh, first owners were sort of, and yeah, until eventually, you know, it's like how much garlic sauce you want with that thing. And they blow up. So they're some of the reasons and, and lastly is that the companies that are skilled enough practiced enough and professional enough to get quality product to the market for these things first i.e quality i.e quality package that works around the standard engine and isn't designed to push it too hard they have experience at building products so the product will not be too extreme it won't be stupid and it won't blow the thing up. Now, I'm predicting in my very limited knowledge of these cars, but my big um, knowledge of the seal, I'm reckoning at 155 kilowatts at the wheels with every bit of bolt-on supporting fruit that you can chuck at this Yaris, you're going to get a real-world 185 to 190. Now, that'll make these cars bloody fast, because they're light. That'll get them into the uh, RS3 style hot hatch territory, um, you know, new A45 sort of territory of low 12 second quarter miles. I mean, people being a manual, they don't have all of the rubbish things you got to go through with the DCT to make it launch. People will probably get them into the high 11s on tyres with a big clutch in them. And yet there are people I know in uh, South Australia who are world leaders in clutches. Hi, Brenton and Furbinator. Um, they're already onto this, well onto this, so with a big clutch, a good setup, and you're 180, 190 at the wheels, you will bang an 11 out of these things down a quarter mile, very high one at maybe 100 and, let me guess, 115, 116 mile per hour, it'll all be grip and go off the line, and then, you know, the thing will run out of steam, and that's going to be good for a while, and then the cowboys will come in with cheap shit parts, and the dyno words will start, I can get you 220. And people will start messing around with piggyback ECUs for them. 
trying to do things on the cheap. No, I'm not talking about you, Unichip. You will come up with a good result, and you did for the Stingers and the i30s. No, there will be some cheap shit on the market, and there will be machine gun detonation. You'll be able to hear these Yaris's coming, driving down the road, but they'll sound like a paint tin full of marbles. But they'll be making 220 or 210 kilowatts at the wheels with the turbo making, you know, 125C inlet air. And we will, within 18 months, regularly start losing ringlands and pistons in these engines from that nation. And then people are going to start building them. And they're going to build them with old school V8 piston and bore clearances, big ring gaps, and they're going to be smoky, rattly. And that that point, once that first ringland is gone, the seal is broken. And instead of having an 18-month honeymoon period where you can thrash the shit out of your new car, you fix it, and then every 12 months, it's stuffed again. And more than likely, that's what's going to happen. I say this because I've seen it every single time a new performance car has hit the market in this country and i am bloody old so i know particularly turbocharged ones or even more to the point normally aspirated ones that people have added turbos and superchargers too break the engine break the seal you might as well sell it and get something else once that happens or even better is to be not a dickhead in the first place be sensible only do smart things to it and don't blow it up. But as metallurgy gets better and, and, and things get better, I believe this Yaris uh, GR will be pretty tough, but it's also built to a price point. And you see, I know all about fast cars built to price points. I am well-versed in the R35 GDR and some of its problems were because it was built to a price point. That's not to say the no expense spared stuff doesn't have problems because it has some horrific ones as well. You know, supercars in general are buckets of shit to drive uh, on a daily basis. And even though um, their seal is not bad in most instances, depending on which brand, when you do break the seal, you might, you're going to have to sell Seaweld to pay for it. The Yaris, there's only three rods in there. There's only, <laughs> only a little crankshaft, only three pistons. And because it's a, a Corolla or a Yaris, I'm sure it's not, you know, there's not going to be Corolla tax or Yaris tax is there on the parts, as people like to call it. You know, so it may not be a bad little thing, but people are going to go stupid. They are going to blow them up and it's not going to be pretty by about 2023, before the market gets sensible again. I already know that there are, you know, some real crap companies, and I'm not gonna say which countries they're in, but you can all work it out, can't you? Um, you know, they're making um, intake systems already. No one knows what's wrong with the intake system on these things. There may be nothing wrong with it, but you know, they're stretching bat wings about around a bit of gauze and putting a shiny pipe there. And there's going to be all this, you know, there's going to, my friends, Mark Phillips and Paul Howson may be able to buy some of the stuff off wish for these things and adapt it to their Commodore because by the time this comes to air, they would have really and truly broken the, the seal, the dolphin, and the penguin on that one. 
So yeah, it's going to be an ugly mess, just like it was with the Ford XR6 Turbo, guys. The first cars were really good. Um, you had donkeys like me that weren't doing really mild things to them to get into the 12, so we never lost one. You had companies like APS that were going a little bit or a fair bit faster, but you know had their own casting facilities and engineers on site that so they made good shit you know and then all of the crap came along you know all really cheap auto store shit that i see today sometimes most of it's in the bin by now that was responsible for roasting inlets blowing things up just rubbish and then the good players came on the scene a little bit later. The guys like Process West that actually developed out of Wollongong, friends of mine, friends I still do do some work for. How are you going, Kev and Kath? Um, and, you know, they came along and started making sensible product again and, and, and made the market smart again. And so now that whole Falcon Turbo market has recovered. Um, the same thing's going to happen with this Yaris because all, a lot of the really good companies that are good at this are too busy with their other projects right now to just grab a new one and grab a new one and grab a new one. Um, I'm really going to sit down and talk to Kev and say, hey, get on, you know, get your process west guys on this early and make some shit that works. You know, our, our Instagram slogan is a stuff hashtag, stuff, oh, Instagram, Facebook. Oh yeah, and Instagram is hashtag stuff that works. You know, so we make stuff that fits and we make stuff that works. Uh, we have some problems from time to time, but are very rare compared to most of the crap that is out there in those Ford and Subaru scenes. So yeah, I'm going to try and get Kevin to get one of these things, for God's sake, and save all the RSGR owners out there. So yeah, just like any typical market cycle, if you look at the old Bitcoin curve, it's going to have this big steep thing that happened in November 2018 where it's all-time highs and everyone's going mental and buying them and modifying them, then it's going to crash. And then give it a couple of years like now and poof, the market for the Yaris is going to be right up there again. And there are going to be some Toyotas doing some really amazing things. Don't start talking to me about putting Evo motors in them or two J's in them or all that sort of shit. That conversions just do not interest me at any time. It's a false paradise in most instances, you know. Yawn, yeah, who wants a car where half of the shit only works in it? And, you know, yeah, no, yeah, I'm too old for that and probably too wise for that, so don't even get me started on that. So there you go. That's what I think of the Yaris. Toyota fanboys, nothing to worry about. I'm standing by your side. Sam, I'm sure you'll do something good with yours. Duncan, in uh, New South Wales, you'll be the one to watch because you thrush the hell out of your stuff on the racetrack and know how to drive it around there. So I'll be very, very interested uh, to watch your progress. And if I can lend you any engineering assistance in any way, I'm more than happy to do so. Interestingly enough, though, and you know, I, I can't, I can't leave this epicast without talking about this. Interestingly enough, though, the Yaris GR in stock form, the fastest baby Toyota as the same performance as the slowest baby Tesla. You can split them. Uh, the Tesla's a bit quicker to 100 and about the same or a tiny bit quicker over the quarter mile. So there you go. That'll be interesting fun, won't it, at hill climbs and the like. So I intend to do some of that with the SR um, Plus Model 3 next year. And no doubt there will be some Yaris's, I even think, at first meeting and good on them, you know. So it'll be basically stock for stock. However, my SR Plus isn't stock. It has my cooling system on it, which will do nothing at a hill climb, or very little. And But more to the point, it has my Orgone Energy Polarizer in it. That's right. 
my Model 3SR Plus is polarized. So remember, when you see me coming down the street towards you, keep away from me. Don't come and talk to me. Practice social distancing. I reckon I've had COVID at least eight times now, but it recovered. Maybe only a cold. Um, and yeah, once more, and I've got to keep saying this because, you know, all bullshit aside, you have been great. All of you that listen to me, support me and send me messages. Thank you for tuning in to Range Anxiety.